Happy Friday, Story Fam. Hey, I hope you're having a great week so far, as the weather has finally turned cooler this morning. Hopefully you're taking that as a sign that God is telling us all to put this long, hot summer of 2020 in our rearview mirror. That's what I'm choosing to do today. <laughs> I am grateful, however, so grateful for all that God has done through the Story Church in 2020. Um, as grateful as I am, I'm even more excited, if I'm honest, about what's about to come, what I know God is about to do in 2020 and beyond into 2021. We're just a few days away from obtaining our certificate of occupancy at our new Timber Grove campus at 8200 Washington here in Houston. That's very exciting. That space is going to be open for worship and other kinds of gatherings very soon. We're going to be worshiping in person again, of course, as uh, we have been for the last two Sundays uh, at all three services, 830, 945, and 1105. You can pre-register for two of those, the 945 and 1105, by visiting the story.church slash RSVP, or just show up at the 830 service if you're an early bird, so we'd love to see you. As you know as well, all of our groups and Bible studies and classes have started up either in person or online or both. It's a very exciting time. You know that thousands of lives have already been touched and changed by God's grace through the Story Church and our ministries. And I know that we're going to reach thousands more in 2021 as we look ahead to all the ministries and plans we've made. And right now, our leaders and staff are strategically planning and budgeting for the coming year. So this is the time for everyone who loves the Story Church to make our financial commitment for 2021 to God and to His church. We try to make this pledging process as simple as possible every year with, with something we call Play Your Part. So everyone has a part to play in this story that God is telling here. You can make your 2021 pledge online by visiting the story.church slash pledge. Um, uh, there's also a way uh, through that website you can text your pledge in. Uh, you can just send your first and last name and your pledge amount for 2021. You can also just bring your commitment card with you to in-person worship if, if you'd rather do that. You can drop that commitment card in one of the white lock boxes on the wall. In one of our uh, in our worship space, um, however you decide to get your commitment card in, just know what that means to us. It is so important and so treasured here that as we plan, we know what we're planning for, and we know what kind of investment people are making in these ministries that we're planning for. So I just want to thank you. I want to thank you all who are getting your pledge cards in already, and who are about to, for all of your love and all your support for the story's mission. You know our mission by now, I hope. It is very simple and to the point. We are here to inspire non-religious people to follow Jesus, plain and simple. I want to tell you one of the really special ways in which we're doing that. It's a new, exciting ministry here at The Story. It's an outreach to women called Beloved. It's going to be hosting its uh, kickoff event on Wednesday, November the 11th from noon to 1 p.m. It's a lunch event with Dr. Greg and Aaron Smalley from Focus on the Family. So the topics that we're going to cover with Beloved are going to vary throughout the season. And our hope, obviously, is that each event that we host will reach women from different stages of life. The theme of this first event, though, is keys to strengthening your marriage. And your $50 donation will include lunch from Tiny Boxwoods, a devotional book by Greg and Aaron Smalley, and a gift card, all for you. <laughs> or for whoever you want to give it to. The mission of Beloved is to inspire women to follow Jesus, plain and simple. 
And this event is going to obviously adhere to social distancing guidelines and other safety protocols. Find out more about Beloved by visiting thestory.church. So guys, um, lately, in the last couple of weeks, I've been thinking a lot about legacy, my legacy, or just the word legacy. And I'm not sure why that's been on my mind lately. Maybe I'm finally coming to terms with being in my 40s. <laughs> Maybe it's because next Monday I'll officially become the father of a teenager. What? How did that happen? Or maybe it's just because earlier this year, just before we left for the Holy Land, Giovanna and I signed up for our first ever last will and testament. That was an experience. <laughs> uh, this has uh, been a year with no shortage of sobering events. So I suppose that's why I've been reflecting so often on that word, legacy, and wondering what mine might be. Now, the word legacy hasn't always meant what it means today. These days, people speak of legacy in terms of wealth or achievements through which folks can make a name for themselves that will live long on after they die. But the earliest known use of the word legacy actually referred to a person or a group of people who are sent on a mission. For centuries, your legacy was your mission or your life's message, which you then entrusted to a messenger or ambassador upon your death. That's what legacy meant for a long time, before it ever had anything to do with money or possessions. That was a later development. I'm looking at four pictures right now as I speak to you, four different pictures from four different generations in my family. So the first one is a picture of my great-great-grandfather. His name was John Mills, and he looks a little bit like Sam Elliott from the country western movies with the uh, distinguished silver mustache covering uh, his upper lip. John was a Methodist preacher in Kentucky. He was what's called a circuit rider, meaning that he preached at four or five different churches, and he would try to get to, it, uh, to each church at least once a month on horseback. He was a firebrand by all accounts. They used to say that by the time he had parked his horse in front of the church, he was already shouting about Jesus. He had five sons, and all five grew up to become preachers. The second picture I'm looking at was one of his boys, my great-grandfather, Oscar Mills. Oscar and his wife, Daisy, um, were quite the pair. In addition to preaching, Oscar twilighted as a house painter. They had 11 kids together, but only four survived their childhood. They used to call Oscar a spitfire because even though he was only five foot five, he commanded an audience because he was on fire for Jesus. Every Sunday, he started preaching with a jacket and tie on, but by the end of his sermon, every week the jacket was gone and so was the tie. The third picture that I'm looking at is my Grandpa Ray. Um, Grandpa Ray was a dairy farmer and a part-time truck driver before he saw the light and became a preacher later in life, a man full of passion and love, just like my dad. My father, Chuck, uh, is the fourth picture that I'm looking at right now. He's standing there with a cross hanging around his neck and a, a robe and a stole. He's a little more traditional than I am. He recently retired after almost 30 years of ordained ministry. Every Sunday that I stand up to preach, I represent five generations of fiery gospel preachers they handed down a legacy to me in the form of a message. It wasn't money. 
<laughs> as you might imagine, but it was a legacy and I am proud to be a part of it. Today I have the benefit of looking back at my ancestors, but one day I'll be the ancestor. One day I'll be the one whose picture they look at and whose name they can hardly remember. One day they'll sit around and laugh about how I used to drive myself places in a car and how the only robot I ever owned was called a Roomba and all it did was sweep the floors. <laughs> one day my descendants may not know my name, but they will know my legacy. Or at least I hope they will. And the same goes for you. So what will your legacy be? Will it just be your accomplishments? Or will your legacy be a message? Will it just be money? Or will your legacy be a ministry? 2 Corinthians 5.14-19 through 19, Paul wrote, For the love of Christ urges us on, because we are convinced that one has died for all, and he died for all so that those who live might live no longer for themselves, but for him who died and was raised for them. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away. See, everything has become new. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their sins against them and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. The message of Jesus Christ and his ministry of reconciliation, that's the legacy of every believer. That's why we offer our pledges and our commitments to God every year, because we know that the only thing that counts, the only legacy that matters is the one we leave by investing in his ministry on earth and by sharing his message of hope with the world around us. Loving God, following Jesus, and investing our lives in his soul-saving work. I pray that will be my legacy, and I pray that it will be yours. Have a great weekend, everybody. I hope to see you on Sunday, Sunday either in person or online at The Story for Worship. Bye, everybody.